Wait, hold okay. on. Okay. No, we. It's okay. Go ahead. Damn it. Okay. Um. Can you hear me? Okay. Like with yes. the yes. With where I'm at. Okay. Cool. I just didn't want to yes. lean into the microphone more than I needed to. No, you sound you sound great. Okay. Cool. We all sound pretty good. He's in a snuggie. He's just feeling fine. I'm just living life right now. He's, I'm just doing living me. his truth. <laughs> and that's gonna be the cold open. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I got I got I got a cold opening for you. Why don't you oh. warm it up? I don't okay. know what that means. Uh, I that that okay. I'm confused by that. That doesn't sound sexy at all. Mm-mm. No, no, it sounds like I might get frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> this pussy giving you frostbite, Daddy. <laughs> okay, you guys ready to do this? Let's do it. All yes. right, here we go. Hi, this is Cody Daigle Orions. This is Neil Daigle Orions. And this is David Esau. And this is a new episode of Bearded Fruit. Yay. Hey. Yay. Hey, I have an idea. Next time we can mm-hmm. have David go in the middle. How cool would that be? Oh, you mean on the intro? Yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah, is, that would be. No, no, no for me. <laughs> oh. I don't know. So that I'm could sorry. be fun. Okay. I could be into that. Well, Bye. <laughs> episode's over guys it's a very short one Uh, no we're just getting started so uh, we're so happy to have david back with us um all the way from portland Mm -hmm. um for another episode yay welcome back david thanks great to be here i guess eventually the novelty of this will wear off and we won't even care that you're here we'll just be like oh yeah it's your back we'll let that day never come let that day never agreed let that day never come So before we dive into uh, this week's episode, um, I wanted to talk about a couple of our the episodes that we have done in the last few weeks. So in the last like two or three weeks, in response to some of our episodes, uh, some of our trans listeners have taken the time to connect with us, and they very rightly have pointed out that uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about bodies and masculinity and the issues surrounding those things and those interactions in the gay community through a very strict cisgender lens. And so some of our listeners pointed out that those issues are experienced very differently when you're a trans guy navigating the gay community. Um, And we agree. You're you're totally right. Uh, And I'm speaking for my two co-hosts, but uh, we want to correct that gap in representation. So uh, we're going to work in the next coming in the coming weeks on a handful of episodes that are going to be specifically focused on the trans male experience in gay world. Like that'll be cool. Uh, they clearly cannot f- focus on us because none of us are trans uh, guys. So we need your help. I want to first invite Anybody uh, who is uh, trans and male out there who has experiences navigating all these things in gay world, send us an email and talk about your experiences dealing with body shaming, racial preference, masculinity ideals, or anything like that you want to share. Experiences that are either real world queer space experiences or those digital spaces for gay men that we've talked about. Uh, Just make sure if you send us an email, uh, you leave us a name and a way for us to reach you. That email is beardedfruitpodcast at gmail.com or you can call our bearded fruit hotline it's not really like a hotline but it's our bearded fruit phone the fruit phone (laughs) at (laughs) is it a a banana phone 
I <laughs> wish it was a banana phone. It should be. That number is 860-785-0633. And you can leave your story there. Just remember when you do, leave your name and uh, where you're from. You could also just record uh, an audio clip of yourself sharing your story or your thoughts about those issues in an MP3. Send that to us via email and uh, add your voice. We'll do some interviews over the next few weeks. We'll put together some episodes focusing on the trans male experience in gay world. And uh, we'll let you know as those develop when they will reach your podcast listening ears. So just a reminder. Go ahead. No, uh, just just you do your thing. It's a joke. Don't worry about it. Okay. So that email again is beardedfruitpodcast at gmail.com. And that number, the Bearded Fruit Hotline, is 860-785-0633. And we are very much looking forward to hearing from you and putting those episodes together. So now... On to this week's episode. Yay. I'll, I'll let y'all talk. So, okay, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, probably like probably a week and a half ago, I had an interaction with somebody on Twitter and um, that I wanted that sort of is the basis for this conversation. And I, I tweeted something because uh, I was bitching about something on Twitter because that's what I do. Cody and actually exclusively only interacts with people on Twitter. No, I don't. No, it's, I didn't. No, it's a joke. I was <laughs> okay. Joke. Yeah. Oh my god. So, okay. I was right. like, wait a minute. No, Try I interact with no. people in the world too. Well, but, bye. No, but clearly that hit and that hit like a like a, a part in me that that's very accurate. I don't really have a lot of real world interactions. Um, but anyway, in this in this conversation with him, I or in this conversation, I tweeted about being fed up with heteronormative bullshit. Um, and he tweeted back at me. Uh, sort of like pushing back and calling me out on that saying that um, that he hated whenever he hears gay guys use uh, the word heteronormative that it's it's used as an insult to straight people for anything that we don't agree with and uh, he hates that it gets used in that way and he wishes that gay guys would stop using heteronormativity as an insult for anything we don't agree with and so I wanted to discuss that this week. I wanted to discuss heteronormativity and um, our interactions with it and why we should be fed up with that heteronormative bullshit. Well, first of all, straight people should be offended if they get called heteronormative because I'm offended by heteronormativity. So there's that. Zing. Yeah. Well, and also, which we'll get into, but like heteronormativity doesn't just hurt queer people. It hurts exactly. heterosexual people, too. Um, but so let's I wanted to just kind of start by evening the, the playing field for everybody and explain what heteronormativity is, because I think sometimes that is a little bit confusing for people. So um, this is coming from a book you may be familiar with. It's Queer, A Graphic History by Meg John Barker and Julia Scheel. It's a book that we uh, discussed on the podcast a couple of uh, months ago. Uh, it's a really great like graphic novel about uh, the fundamental ideas and uh, idea makers of queer theory. And um, so queer theorist Michael Warner popularized the term heteronormativity in the early 90s. And uh, what heteronormativity refers to is a set of related cultural assumptions that normal or natural forms of attraction and relationships are between one man and one woman. Uh, and that those that one man and one woman will naturally embody conventional gender roles and norms and have sex where the penis goes in the vagina. 
That's right. heteronormativity. That's like at, at like the basic level. That's heteronormativity. The cultural assumption that being a dude and dating a woman is the normal, natural thing you're going to do. That if you're a guy, you're going to act like a guy, air quotes. If you're a woman, you're going to act like a woman, air quotes. And the only sex that you're going to have is um, peen in vag. <laughs> Those are very scientific. <laughs> Yes, um, those are yes. I that's from my my college learning. All right, so so I guess I wanted to start by just sort of talking about how having us share our interactions with heteronormativity and how those assumptions maybe have like shaped some of your decisions or some of your identity building and, and kind of moving starting there. Anybody want to grab that? Sure, sure. I'll take the baton. Um, so I feel like I encounter this most often with, um, I guess, conversations about monogamy and I guess specifically about being in a relationship and choosing to not being in a relationship. Um, in fact, yesterday I was, I was hanging out, I was like with a friend and like he was a la me. And we were talking and I was like, yeah, like I'm just mostly into like friends, you know, friends with benefits is super fun. And he was like, oh, okay. Like we can just, um, like, we'll just hang out and we'll, you know, we'll see if a relationship happens. And I was like, well, I'm like, I did explicitly tell you that I'm not really interested in into a relationship. So that's probably not going to happen. And like, he kind of like got offended that I wasn't like looking for like a relationship. And I was like, I mean, like I, I, I get it, but like not every not everyone is trying to be in a relationship and that's fine. No one is on no one needs to be on like that marriage track and that's fine. Um no not everyone is trying to be monogamous and that's fine. I, I feel like I get like a lot of guys who are kind of upset that like I'm I'm out here doing me and doing other guys and like not trying to be, you know, tied down in that way. And I feel like that is a very heteronormative, I don't know, expectation to everyone for everyone to be on that on that track. And I don't know, I'm just not there. And it, it's frustrating having to have this conversation that having the conversation where I have to explain why I'm I'm not looking for a relationship. And like I, I don't want to explain that. I just want to mm-hmm. not in a relationship like that's kind of that's kind of uh it's kind of the long and short of it well and there's totally also like this interesting thing happening where there's a very um casual nature when it comes to relationships and hookups and 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 that kind of thing like that's a very real thing um there there's this like expectation for casualness and yet at the same time there's that where it's right. like well how dare you not want to be with me it, it feels like it comes from like a like right. like he thinks you're rejecting him or you're rejecting the idea of him and it's like that's that's not what's happening it's actually just like exactly. you just aren't interested exactly. in that totally you're just right not looking guy. for that right now um or ever like and and that's cool too like like maybe you're just happy on your own in your own um kind of way um and you know that's great. That's great for you. <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great, sweetie. Sitting in your snuggie, not being in a relationship. Uh, wow, that sounded mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like that is also me. So, drag me. Um, 
Don't be mad because I'm doing me better than you're doing you. <laughs> Thank you Childish for that, Childish Gambino. Gambino. 2015. Um, yeah, well, and then, so I, because I'm a little older than the two of you, um, something that I absolutely have experienced a ton, and particularly in my interactions with guys who are kind of my age now, they're to, to, like jump off what you experienced, David, that there is uh, like a real, like a desperation to get into a relationship with anybody who shows any kind of interest back that it, it, it feels like, like it's an imperative. It's, it's about if I'm not in a relationship or if I can't land a person that, 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 that is somehow um, saying something about me that, that there's a very kind of negative self, uh, image that comes along with that and there is this this pressure that any kind of interest needs to develop right. into that it must be there and it must become a relationship and we must become partners and that must be the thing that will happen uh and uh i i feel like i've that's something that i've experienced a lot with people who grew up in the gay world that i grew up in um mm-hmm. so yeah i i yes concur i just feel like as 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 queer people we allow ourselves to have so much freedom in how we experience the world and how we we go about relationships and things and we should we need to exercise it more like we don't we don't have to follow these rules we can kind of set our own path and it 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 is kind of frustrating when people try to try to put these limits especially other gay people and they're trying to set like these very heteronormative limits on us like there there are no rules like why why would i do something that, that i don't want to because society wants society thinks that's what i should be doing that's what i should be doing like it, it doesn't make sense to me yeah like the whole idea of being queer is being queer exactly. <laughs> like, like the whole queer. idea is to <laughs> not do that um something that i've been experiencing a lot lately um and i guess also um to a certain extent, Cody has been experiencing this as, as well, is um, pressure from from a certain relative of mine to um, have a child and buy a house. Um, and I think I think it fits into um, that fits into heteronormative because well we're married, so um, that's what you do. To, yeah, yeah, like like we should buy a house because that's what you're supposed to do, and you should have a kid because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and that's not to say that like queer people can't do that it's actually you know great that we own land and own children right. um, <laughs> that's a phrase for that. sure. that's an interesting way to phrase that yes yes i went to costco and i picked up a 12 pack um <laughs> but like um it, it's just it's just funny because um especially the house ownership thing i think that's a very strange form of heteronormativity um and when i think heteronormativity i really think like suburban um suburban um uh, nuclear family i think white picket fence um and i think i think those that that fits into it in a more um macro sense where it's it's not just man and woman are the expectation but it's also like the expectation of what you're supposed to do once you are in a relationship once you are structured and stable um you're supposed to get to that point and then do stuff with it such as buying a house and working a nine to five if you don't work a nine to five that's weird like what are you doing working as a, a bartender like you shouldn't be doing that um i think that kind of fits into it um from this like social sense i i, I feel like heteronormativity is intersectional yes i said it 
I don't know activity is paying taxes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not about that. Paying taxes is homophobia. That's what that is. (laughs) Um, But like, I I think that there's definitely like a class aspect to it too, where it's like, not only do you have to settle down, buy a house, but you also have to have a kid. And then on top of that, you have to be able to afford all of those things. Right. Right. It's like, I, I can't do that. I work at a nonprofit. Well, and, and to even more deeply than 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 those things are just sort of the heteronormativity being a thing that makes coming out such an obstacle. Um, even before you actually are out and and in the world sort of dealing with relationships and dealing with the challenges that that possesses, um, the expectation that you are going to fall in love with someone of the opposite sex and create a relationship with them makes just self-identifying as gay or queer a challenge it 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 is the thing that makes coming out a necessity and secondly difficult Um, if we weren't expected to pair off with the opposite sex and have a family and do all that there would be no negative thing surrounding sucking a dick you know i think there's also um there's also something um, uh, um, really hard about expectations in terms of um, presenting gender and how to be um, how how we're supposed to be like as specifically as men and as people who identify as men. Um, there's something where it's like, okay, if you're gay, then you should act femme, but also because that's what society expects. But also, in order to be heteronormative, you need to be masculine. Um, so like there's this really interesting impossibility there. Um well not impossible, Cody's kind of that. Um but like there's this really interesting Thank um, you. You're welcome. There's this really interesting um uh, um contradiction where it's like you have to you have to fit into society's definition of both a man and gay and they just fundamentally don't make sense yeah. when it comes to larger social themes. Yeah. Agree. So, and David sort of touched on it, but uh, beyond those core expectations of heteronormativity, um, our further societal expectations that exist, that heteronormativity supports, that I think touch us as queer people. Uh, The idea, mononormativity, the idea that you are going to be monogamous in the relationship that you are in. Uh, Cisnormativity, that you are going to be in line with the gender that you seem to present, that your body presents, uh, that you are not going to be trans. Uh, And uh, monosexism, uh, the, the idea that you are going to... Uh, if you're if you're a man, that you're going to be attracted to just the other gender. You're not going to be queer or bi. Uh, and heteronormativity supports all of those things as well. And um, love to talk about like some of those things. I mean, I think we could talk, we could have a conversation, particularly about mononormativity, because that's something that we um, that we all, I guess, we don't follow, right? Right. I mean. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm saving <laughs> myself for marriage. Because I mean, I got a promise ring and everything. Yeah. The Lord you know, Jesus. I, and, and this is, I feel like this is a place where you can begin to see how straight people, like people who identify as straight can then be harmed by these expectations. Because if you're straight and poly, 
you are not fulfilling the heteronormative ideal. You are falling outside of it. And so these expectations are now harmful for you, even though you're heterosexual. Um, I, I know that I certainly get, uh, I feel like I'm probably more open about our poly nature than you are, Neil. I don't know people. what you're talking about. Uh, see, see, see what I'm talking about. I feel like I'm more, more open about it and more, more forward about it. Yeah, and I will forward say, and loud. I will say, <laughs> is that one I'd say? Oh, ob- ob- <laughs> ah, ah, I just. Ah, ah, <laughs> I'm offended. Um, no, uh, but I certainly do in those conversations encounter guys who will immediately assume a lot of things mm-hmm. about me and my relationship based on that. Um, wh- I recently had an interaction with a guy who basically just, when I said that, you know, I was poly and I was like, I, you know, we're poly. So I, you know, this flirting, I'm flirting with you, but it's not like secret or, or bad or anything. Um, he said, well, you know, you really should probably care about your husband more instead of yeah. talking to me. And I was like, bitch, you need to step the fuck off. Like, Um, you said what? Right, I was like, excuse me, you're making a lot of fucking assumptions right now. That none of them are of interest to me. In reality, I was actually sitting behind his shoulder reading this whole thing, eating popcorn. (laughs) Like that Michael Jackson gif. I feel very cared about you very much. That's how we, we express Polly, is that we watch each other on Growler. Yeah, that's... See, don't put that in the universe. That's weird. That's a weird <laughs> canon for people to think is a real thing. That's not Don't be, don't be kink-shaming popcorn <laughs> and eating <laughs> fetish. That is not true. Um, you, you know, one thing, one thing that's just super, super weird to me, this might be drifting slightly off topic and, and talking about how straight folks encounter heteronormativity, is, like, just enjoying things that are seen as... Um, I'm talking specifically for straight men, enjoying things that are considered, you know, feminine or things that are considered gay. Like, for example, like getting your ass eaten out. That's that's a fun thing. Like, that's an enjoyable that's an enjoyable thing for most people. And I don't ha- I don't have a ton of straight friends, but there's, there's always like this. Oh, well, that's the like that's gay. Like I can't do like I can't do that because like I'm a straight guy. Straight guys don't do that. And it's like why would why would you limit yourself to something that is really enjoyable, feels great, just because it has a feminine connotation or a a gay connotation to it? Like why would you why would you set yourself in this box and like not not want to enjoy things that are like empirically awesome? It's it doesn't make sense to me. And like even even outside of um, sex, remember that one time we were at Hot Topic and I tried that dress on. Oh yeah, um, it would have looked so cute if it actually fit me. But like stuff like that, where it's like like um like I I, I enjoy painting my nails, but then I've noticed that when I'm in public and I have my nails painted, I tend to like hide my hands. Mm. Um, for many reasons and it's just like this is terrifying um i feel real cute with like pale yellow nails or like a pink nail like i feel real cute right now but i can't show that because of what is expected of me and how i otherwise present my gender we also tried on wraps yesterday at jc penny and we felt mm-hmm. fresh as hell 
Um, Wait, we looked Hamrath? so good. No, like um, like um, like Shaw's, like um. Oh, okay. Yeah, like um, God, what Mary yeah, Tyler uh, Moore is that a reference? Right. Would that it's work? Knicks? This sort of shawls, yes. Okay. Yeah, and we were we were looking like super fly, super awesome, but like it 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 would be weird to actually try that out um in the real world, um for many reasons. Even though we would look good, and also like it's just so comfortable. It's so comfortable. They were so nice. I don't think I've ever been on. I'm not witchy enough for them. It's going no. It's going to revolutionize everything. You really should. In your life. <laughs> you should and like. You will you will look like Beyonce's gay cousin in the formation video. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Ooh, or Todd Call in Taylor's video. Just <laughs> as good. We're not touching that. <laughs> Why did he do that? Why? Name versus great value. Whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Taylor, she's dead. Yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> No, to when you were talking about about <laughs> when you were talking about getting your ass eaten, um, I couldn't think of the, examples. The, I'm sorry. Which no, time? I think it was a great example. <laughs> um, but I think I think to answer your question, you know, why why do people limit themselves? Um, not so much to answer that question, but but the the power of these expectations are so are so strong on people. Um, because by following those expectations, you get to navigate the world without a lot of discrimination. You get to navigate the world without a lot of ex- external pressure. You get to navigate the world without the burden of being different. And I think that's appealing. I mean, I don't know how I, I, it's appealing. That's yeah, a very sure. appealing that's thing true. to not experience discrimination. I, I'm down for that. Um, and so I think it's it's very easy in thing you know to to say nah that's gay I'm not gonna let you eat my ass out, so that you don't have to experience what we have to experience, all the time. Well, and then like like that goes on. I mean that's essentially we're talking about passing, um, essentially. So it's it's also like I don't wear nail polish so that I can pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, it's easier to navigate the world when I'm passing than when I'm explicitly doing something that visually makes me queer. Yes. Yeah, and I think I think that for a lot of people, making the choice to exist inside these societal things um, is not necessarily a choice of like I really love them and I want to I want to be them, but it's a it's about living a life that isn't as difficult. Right. And, and I can't, you know, I can't har- I can't fault people for that. Yeah, I, I really, I really can't. Like, honestly, given a choice, there are some things that I, I would try to change to make things to make my life a little bit easier. I, I totally get that. I totally get that. I mean, I just, but like in my essay sometimes, but also that. <laughs> And we've talked about this on previous episodes, but um, you know, I, I think the reason why we can, why we can like make that leap and then get our ass eaten and be poly and do those things, our collective ass, our, <laughs> we are one ass. Open that. We are one. We are one species. <laughs> we are one race, the human race. We're all from Africa, and we all have one ass. 
I, oh my God, y'all. Um, but I think that we can do that because at the point in our lives when we came out, or at least sort of accepted that in ourselves, when you take that initial leap outside of the expectation, when you take that first leap and say, you know what, I'm not heterosexual, I'm homosexual or bi or whatever you are sexual preference wise, when you take that first leap out into that world, it then becomes easier to take all the up the all the subsequent exactly. leaps. They become easier because you know what it you know what it feels like to right. do that. Um, and so it's it then becomes easier. I think for people who are trapped beyond that first one where they they have to be they can't even make the first leap, getting your ass eaten is just ain't happening because exactly. it's not happening. And I mean, and that first leap, you know, coming coming out as coming out as queer, I mean that's a that's a very big leap. So a lot of things are I guess are a lot smaller after that. So they're a lot easier for us. Like what I was saying earlier, like coming out as queer, it, I mean, it it is literally freedom. It is, it is literally setting your own path and it's, it, it just becomes easier once you make that first jump into like the queer, the queer kingdom, I guess. So I'd like to then like ask this question and and talk about this for a little bit Uh, because we, uh, because Neil, this is true for us. Um, how how do some of those heteronormative ideals fit into being queer? Because we, for example, are married. Like we did, we did that thing. We did we that did heteronormative that. thing. We did that. We did it. And I don't, I don't feel like I have somehow sold out my queer soul because I married you. Um, and then, and, and, and also there are queer couples that are monogamous and are very successful and love their monogamy and are into it. And, and that's a thing that works for them. So how do we balance the, the kind of like pushing and saying, Hey, you know what? You don't have to be heteronormative. You can do all these other things while at the same time, respecting the place of some of those ideals and some of those those constructs as being useful and valuable to people in our community yeah i think it first and foremost it's it's all about recognizing that your own desires and what you want to do don't exist in a vacuum um so like if you do if you are queer and you want to get married and you want to only be with that one person um like critically think about why that is um, and that's not to say that it's, it's invalid. It, of course it's, it's valid. It's, it's perfectly fine to do that. But a good right. reason why you probably feel that way is because of what you've been taught about what love and romance and, and what, what, what we're supposed to look like as people. Um, so, so I, I think part of it is just, is just being critical of that and like, um, be critical of the reasons why you feel certain ways that you do. Um, because really, I mean, it's, none of us come up with thoughts on our own. It's all influenced by outside factors. And that's just reality of existence. It's, it's reality of being a social species. We don't, everything we know and everything we believe we were told. We, we don't just come up with it out of nowhere. We had to read something that made us feel a certain way or somebody had to tell us something that made us feel a certain way. Um, or we had to see The Little Mermaid 20 times in a row in one week to feel like maybe I should change for a man. Um, I don't know where that came from. Sorry. Uh, 
but I, I think and it's you go okay it's it's it, i mean basically what like exactly what you're saying like it's like these actions like um being monogamous being being married there's certainly nothing nothing wrong with that and those are those are great things it's it's the expectation that those are things that you must do to be um to 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 be a right person that's that's where the issue is and like we were like we've talked several times before like it's it's not so much the action that is that is the issue um whether it's being married or n- having or not having sex with somebody it's the reasons behind it that can be problematic also i think another another part of it is um having the expectation for other people to follow your same path like let's say i'm married i'm monogamous that works for me it's it's great it works for me because i like it where where it becomes harmful heteronormativity is my expectation of my other queer family to to fall in line with that like just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for anyone else and i have to be cool with that like i have to let people live their own life find their own happiness and and just do me you know it's like here's how i think about it it's like i like spinach and and like all that but i also understand why somebody wouldn't like spinach you know like i get that and and i'm not gonna say oh well you have to eat spinach in order to be a person like it's it's really not that far a cry from from something as stupid as that, like we and and in the same sense too, like 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 it, to a certain extent it goes the other way where it's like okay we're poly, but that's not the only way to be queer and we recognize that and it's not like we, <laughs> it's not like that one what was it advocate spread where it basically said that um, polyamory like transcends all human experience, mm-hmm. like like we're not about to do that we're not about to be like oh yeah. Yeah, if you're not polyamorous, then I feel bad for you. Like, no, it works for our situation. We enjoy it. And it's that simple. And I think it's people feel when it, the reason why in the world I advocate and why I am open and loud, as Neil said earlier about something like polyamory Um is not not to sort of say that other people's choices are wrong, but to make sure that people who might be thinking that is a thing that would work for me know that there is a place for that. Because when you when you ha- when you exist outside of the norms, you're not really seeing a lot of a lot of positive depictions of your non-norm behavior, the thing that you're inclined to be or the thing that you're inclined to do. And you know, I think that a lot of a lot of times other pe- guys who are just like are poly guys who aren't poly will feel as though my saying well I'm poly and that's a thing that I'm doing is some sort of personal affront to them that I'm saying something about their choice when really I'm just trying to say hey you know what this is the thing that I do and um, if you are into that then you can be into that too um, that to recognize that advocacy for those things are is isn't judgment on you if you are choosing to follow the construct that is the dominant one Ooh, daddy give me your dominant construct (laughs) god (laughs) this is all the time this is literally all the time hi my name is shane i identify as a dom construct (laughs) wait what name shane shane okay Oh, yeah. I think you said chain. 
Oh no, that actually chain would be a better thing, a better name for a dom construct. Um, it's, oh, you know it's like it's like a pup name, but it's a dad name. I'm Dad yeah. Chain. Papa Chain. You know, I have uh, I have a question. So, do you think that do you think that you can call yourself queer while while following a I guess very I guess optically heteronormative lifestyle like be married be monogamous um you know straight laced you know white collar et cetera, et cetera. like is that is is that still queer like does, does that question make sense are they are they still two dudes or two women or yes in the scenario they, they would be see i would say yes i think because i think that, that as well it's I think that justification, though, of like, are they two dudes? Are they two women? There's a total slippery slope there in terms of bi- bisexuality erasure. Right. Yeah, um, that's fair. No, very in fair. In terms of transgender people who are in heterosexual relationships, in terms of, I, I think it's I think it's way more than just that. Um, I think like, because um, I know I know people who. I know people who call themselves bi or pan or something like that, but they're in very, very hetero situations. And I kind of raise an eyebrow um, because at the end of the day, for them to hold hands with their partner in public radically means something different than for me to hold hands with my partner in public. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a different political reality. Um, and there does need to be some kind of... Um, recognition of that there needs to be recognition from people who are in those situations to be like yes externally i am not queer but i think it also comes down to a very internal process um because when you are queer you feel oppression and i think that's what it all boils down to do you feel oppression for whatever reason based on your sense of your gender your sense of your sexuality your sense of your sexual desires um and you know like I think I think to a certain extent, um, people can can be in those hetero, uh, um, pass- passively hetero things where they have a kid and they have all that stuff and still and still experience queerness. Um, but then flip side of that coin, if you're in a straight couple and you're trying to identify as queer because you're into BDSM, not the same thing. No. Totally right. not the same thing because there doesn't come. An oppression because you're into BDSM. I'm sorry, there just isn't. Well, and I think too, you have to also think think of queerness in two ways. One, there is there is your personal identity of queerness, and like Neil said earlier, it's whether or not you are you feel like you experience oppression. But then you also have to recognize on the flip side that there is there is a there is an outside visibility construct for that too whether or not you appear to other people as queer so you can pass like most of the time i can pass as a straight guy because i quote unquote look like a straight guy in the world so whether or not i I mean every day i go around feeling like a queer person inside my own experience but in the world i don't always get treated that Mm -hmm. way and i have to be aware of that of that difference and so i think for like um two bi people who are in a heterosexual relationship. Um, they both can feel bi erasure and feel biphobia inside their own experience. So they can like legitimately say, well, you know, I, I do feel queer, but at the same time, they also have to recognize that from the outside, 
you might not necessarily be queer air quotes to other people to the world right yeah. and that has its its own set of privileges yeah. and advantages disadvantages like I, I guess i've always i've always had an issue with i guess with queer being a a completely optic thing like mm-hmm. oh you look queer so you're queer because I, I don't know i feel like i don't know i i I've, I've always just taken issue to that because I feel like que- being queer is more of a not not a feeling but a like a, a, a state like it, it can represent itself in um, in in fashion and these different choices but in reality I mean that's all that's that's all it's all very outside and I feel like queer is something deeper than what you what you wear queer is a construct do. tear it apart. Well, and I think too, queer, that 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 sort of like internal queer experience, that deeper experience, is is about um, an individual's experience against power structures, against things like heteronormativity that are that 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 wield power, uh, feeling powerless, having laws and having uh, social expectations other you, um, to discriminate against you, to take things away from you and your experience, like that's. Yeah, you can quote unquote look queer and not experience those things deeply, and yeah, that that sort of feels a bit like posing to me. Um, but you can, but when when you do experience on a deeper level and you're interacting with those with those systems and those constructs in ways that are that have tangible impacts on your living, that's that like deeper that othering experience. I think Lady Gaga is a really good example of somebody who's very visibly queer but is not. Like she's she's kind of built this brand, this aesthetic on queerness, um, without actually necessarily being queer. Um, and there's a lot out there that says that Lady Gaga is bi. I don't I don't really pun intended. Yeah. I don't buy it. Because um, <laughs> I mean, we just haven't. I haven't seen any like high profile like Lindsay Lohan level um, relationships of her and another woman. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to buy it. Um, right. Especially when you're a public figure and your life is about being in the public. Um, and that's not, it's not necessarily a criticism on Gaga either. Um, I think, I think what she does is actually really um, interesting, um, but it is definitely a, a certain, a, a form of queerness. Um, I, I'm thinking about to like um, appearing in drag as a male character um, in live appearances, um, when you and I was a single and in the music video, um, like, like, like she's used those tools. She's used tools of queerness, but isn't necessarily facing the reality of queerness. Um, so yeah. Well, we, we have to, we've sort of like exceeded our typical time. Um, and this is like clearly something that, of course, we can, because we have discussed it a ton in other episodes and we will continue to discuss it. But um, I thought it was good that we, we sort of dealt with as many pieces of this as we did today. Um, and I think this is like an ongoing conversation that we have as we sort of, as we move through all of our cultural conversations, particularly. Because heteronormativity isn't going anywhere. Uh, and it's sort of deeply pervasive. So so thanks, guys, for an awesome conversation. About um, don't don't call awesome. me guy. Don't call me guy. That's heteronormative. Thanks, y'all. Is that better? <laughs> Is that better? 
Mm. That's southern. I don't like oh, that either. Come on yeah, now. That, I use y'all all the time. That's appropriative of AAVE, <laughs> so you're going to need to tone it back. Okay, no, bit. that is another conversation, and I'm not here for that. <laughs> Neil, please don't, please don't use Loki. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm sorry. I'll never I'll never say Loki ever again. I, I'm using y'all, and that is – that's – I don't give a shit. And that's that. Um, so um, – as always, we are incredibly appreciative of everybody who listens to the podcast. Uh, you guys are awesome. Please continue sending feedback to us. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter and let us know what you think about the episodes. We we do listen and we are responding to your thoughts about uh, things we should cover and things that we're not covering. We're 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 here for you, uh, and um, and we're so happy to have uh, David on board for another awesome episode. So thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really getting a kick out of, out of being, being with you. Yeah, like so I appreciate oh, you. Oh, it's, it's great. The novelty is over for me and the honeymoon period is done. So <laughs> <laughs> you just sent us a dude. Sorry. Point, so. Oh, well, sorry, it. David. It was fun while it lasted. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's the end of this episode. We will we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Take care. I love Bye. you.